What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome back, Jerry, to the Welcome Ace for back, Alcoholic John. podcast. Yes, thank you. When, it's good whenever to be back. you set it up, you're so doctorly. When you set up the sound and everything, you're like, and there's this, and there's that, and now we'll do this. Okay, you'll feel a bit of a pinch. You're okay. gonna, <laughs> you're gonna feel a bit of a pinch, and look at the birdie over here, and here, here. you go. Here's a lollipop. Yeah, there's a little pressure, a little bit of pressure. Well, I mean, it is a bit of a pinch, right? I mean, sobriety, yeah, recovery, dude. especially in this time of fucking madness. Yes. Um, a is for alcohol. I would. A is for alcoholic. I don't want to sound like a drunk when I'm saying it, but um, podcast. Right. That's how we're firing today's, this one off. <laughs> today's letter is C. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, which we're going to say is. C is for closed ears don't hear. And I think the notion behind that when we came up with it was unwillingness. Um, not just because we, we talk about listening all the time and we're probably we've probably repeated ourselves. I don't know, six dozen times already about different things. But right. but I think that this unwillingness to um, to see things in a different way is what allows all of the bad behavior and the self-destructive you know, self-will, like you said, um, mm-hmm. run rampant and 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 ruin things in a big, big way. Yeah. Um, I also think the irony of us uh, talking to you for an hour about listening mm. is pretty funny. Because we're like, yo, you need to fucking open your ears and we're not going to listen. We're just going to talk at you for an hour. It's just, it's funny. It's not a bad thing. No, no. It's, it's, I mean, that's, that's the medium. But yes, you are correct. There is a little bit of irony is that right now somebody is listening and we're like, hey, you need to listen. And like, I am listening. Well, right. They're like, why don't you guys listen? Seriously. We should. We should. And I, I, I'm trying to be as open minded as I can and I'm always like especially now and and again you know we got kind of political a few episodes back and I don't know that there's any Mm -hmm. way to get it to get around it in in the world the way it is but I try to be as open-minded as I can about um about different opinions um but I'm also not interested in second guessing myself to the point of like gaslighting you know what gaslighting is right yeah, like, like mm-hmm. prodding somebody, I used poking to, some. Yeah, when I was drinking, I used to do it to people. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was—it's basically just like trolling or you know making somebody feel like they're crazy, like you're crazy, dude. Yes, like yeah, that their reality is not is not actually reality. Yeah. And so I I'm trying to be open minded, but I'm also not interested in gaslighting myself to the point right. of like. Well, I don't know. Am I is what I'm is what I'm believing really true? Is this really happening? Yes. Like are these yeah. are the people that are on my side really accurate? Maybe I should listen to the other side and this side yeah. and that side and like and I feel that it's important every single person's going to have a different perspective and a different outlook on life. If you say, you know, if you if you suffered some severe loss or if you were if you were lied to in some grand way as a child you're going to be somebody who seeks the truth and so you may you may that may open you up to different things that you wouldn't normally and i think like maybe c could be for conspiracy theories but i think that's where right. some of the conspiracy theorists come from is that these are people who genuinely want to seek the truth and right. i mm-hmm. don't think there's I think that 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 comes from 
something in someone's childhood that has led them to be this truth seeker. And that's oftentimes some sort of trauma of being lied to or deceived or having your whole life, you know, going thinking it was one way and then finding it out it was another and being like, well, that's what authority does. They lie to you. Right. So they I got to find out. Yeah. So everybody has their own uh, perspective. I, I think for me, it's important that I go, okay, this is what I believe. It's okay for me to believe this. And we can't go around. We have to be open to new ideas, but I also, I can't, I can't keep upending my belief system every time somebody else says something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the faith that I have in my sobriety, in my version of God is that, well, one, everything's going to be okay. And somebody also, and so this is something, because you were talking about feeling uh, hopeless. I was texting back and forth with a friend of ours, and um, he was pretty uh, pretty hopeless as well and feeling disparaging. And, and I was- Yeah, I, I was, already know exactly yeah, who you know, <laughs> You know who it is. So- Because um, yes. so, I have hopeless conversations with this person as well. Right. And I love him. I, I love, love him, him too. I love him too very much. No, and, I mean I love the hopeless conversations oh, you, too. Oh, you love the I do. I love. I indulge okay. myself in this shit so much, dude. It's awful. So, but go ahead. At some point, I was trying to, I was trying to give an alternative viewpoint, right? Something that like mm-hmm. some positivity. And he said something, <laughs> and I don't know if he was being smart, and I don't think so. I think he was being genuine when he texted me and said, "Hope is your religion, John." Mm-hmm. And I thought about that and I was like, huh, is hope my religion? I mean, is that what I, is that what I put faith in? Is that what I, I mean, and is there, is there anything wrong with, am I being so delusional that I am allowing what toxic positivity into my life? Like I'm still pretty realistic <laughs> and I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I know these are no, I complicated yeah. things, but like, I'm trying to be hopeful and positive and I try to like live like we always talk about live in gratitude and I love to roll my eyes at that one too when I feel like everything mm-hmm. is so fucked up but like right I eat I eat nectarines off the tree in my front yard Jerry Yeah that's <laughs> something to be that gives you a little hope and I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think I needed it mm-hmm. I really did because I think th- it, there's no binary right there mm-hmm. is no binary does not exist in nature um you can always find in between points in the binary. Yeah. Like you're either alive or you're dead, but there's always that twilight in the middle. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like day and night, there's always twilight and dusk. And so for me, that feeling of hopelessness has always been this binary, non-binary feeling where I kind of gray in and out of it. And even in early recovery, I'd gray in and out. And so it was my shades of gray were my like temperament, points of my temperament, you know. And so right now I'm really into the dark gray because I have been feeling really hopeless. But then I talk to you and you kind of pull me back a little bit from it because there is a reality there for you. Like you do get to eat tangerines off the tree. You do get to put on like your doctor glasses and shit and just fucking flex them, <laughs> you know? Like, and so I was sitting in my backyard with my wife last night and she's great, man. She's so happy. She's growing stargazer lilies and mm-hmm. watering the lawn and everything is very optimistic and upbeat for her. And that's why I love her. And I just looked at it. She's like, man, your face. And I was just, I just erased Twitter again for the second time in my life. I was on Twitter for all of like a week. I know. I was like, going to say you just got on. I was gross, dude. Ugh. People are so gross. But so I was just so bummed out just by all of it. Like I just watched the news and I was just like, I'm so fucking hopeless. Like there's nothing. Like I am so far in the gray, I'm almost in the black. Like there's just a void. Mm-hmm. Like what do we do? I've not realized who I'm saying this to is this woman who's like stood by me for everything. And I got my kid inside who is this total example of like the positive things I can create in my life. And I'm like, you know, Jerry, you're just indulging yourself. Like it, it's all self will run riot right now. Like you're mm-hmm. just feeling fucking sorry for yourself because you're healthy. You ran five miles today, although I didn't run a great five miles. It was I was I gassed out pretty hard, but that's because I'm only running twice a week. But regardless of that, so I, I really. I, I, I need these talks once a week, you know, because you're like the opposite. You're like Megan. You're like the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, like you're like it's a very such a huge change in you, man. You know, huh. but, you, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I would like if I were to describe John, I'd be like, yeah, John's a really optimistic, upbeat, spiritual dude who does push ups in front of the paint <laughs> store. Like, 
It's just everywhere, just doing push-ups. And I'm over here doing five miles, getting gassed a mile into it and being like, man, this run is, I've already thrown it away, you know, instead of experience the rest of it for what it is, you know? The worst runs are better than no runs at all, man. And like, it's exactly when I sent you that song and you listen to that song, uh, it's an Anderson Pack song called Lockdown. Yeah, it's about, about, beautiful you know, song. It's really beautiful. And you said, yeah, it's kind of slow for my for my pace. And I was like, for my pace when I wrote right? it. Right. Yeah. And I, I didn't mm-hmm. text you back. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to tell him how to run his runs, you, you know, because slow down, Jerry. <laughs> but I was like, what I wanted to say was like yesterday, what I love about those slower songs is like when I get mm-hmm. to like when you and I was going to say to you what I wanted to say was when you start running longer you're going to find mm-hmm. like you're going to love this like slow pace in certain periods when you start doing like six seven eight and nine miles which I know sounds right because I'm just crazy. walking for my slow pace no it doesn't sound crazy at all oh, okay. I want to get to six seven yeah. and eight so yeah I think we should have a walking convo or a running convo I mean, we could do it now it's our podcast <laughs> whatever you know but like yeah i do a lot of walk i walk in it like sure so, and i and my pace is like i i go between 140 and 150 bpm in the songs like that's like that's my count like okay. one two three four one t- i count bars when i run okay and uh you had sent me that really beautiful like soul song and i, I have a hard time finding the rhythm to run along because they are so slow i feel like i'm doing speed walking in the mall <laughs> like i feel self-conscious because i'm trying to Still maintain my activity, but at the same point. What was the song that I sent you? Oh, Mike, Mike something. It was like Mike something. I, I don't know if it's on the mix Mike anymore. Mike and the Mechanics? No, it wasn't Mike years? and the Mechanics. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't find it in our, in our little thing. But, um, but yeah, I just think that it's, it's important to, you know, we want to do this for the long haul and we want to be... You want to be able to like go nine miles and and do some fucking push-ups outside the paint store in between and right or that was at the tail end of my, of my great run. fucking metaphor though for it right mm-hmm. going the long haul here we go here's how we're gonna button running into fucking recoveries it's, mm-hmm. it is about that long haul and that it is and pacing yourself and listening to an Anderson slow Anderson Pock song instead of me doing can't stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers over and over again. <laughs> which is great and you should what and that's how fa- you're gonna get faster mm. that's a great one um what do i know it's uh pressure by billy joel is a fucking great running song so and i'm like yeah pressure oh yeah that is a good one right mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. i think if we think of hopelessness and hope as yeah um so we we break our recovery down into little increments, whether it be you know we talk one day at a time, one hour at a time, one breath at a time, and so if you try to look at the entirety, if I if you said Jerry, you're never gonna get to drink again, and you were trying to get sober, you'd be like I'd be fucking devastated. I'd be like, what? I can't right. do that. I can't not drink for yeah. the rest of my life. We constantly yeah, remind dude. ourselves that like, well, I might drink tomorrow. I might drink this afternoon, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that that's. I think there's some relief in that, that we don't have to carry that pressure of always the the hopelessness of never drinking again or never, you know. And so I think the same thing can be said about finding small doses of hope in every single day to get you through. Because if you read yeah. the news and you are trying to decipher, you know, what's what's going on and what's for real and what's not and who's good and who's bad and what's really going on. Like you're never going to go, you know, you have to like break it down because not only that, we're not, we're not, our brains are not equipped to, to what, what did I say? Like handle the woes of the world. Yeah. You all can't at once. solve all the problems. That's the thing. I'm sitting there getting upset and I'm feeling bummed out. And then I have to tell myself like, I can't fix this anyway. There's only one way I can do my part and that's how mm-hmm. I'm doing it. I'm staying at home. I'm not going out. I'm not going fucking wiling out shopping with no mask, <laughs> losing my shit, like mm-hmm. being fucking rude to everybody. I'm not, do you know what I'm saying? Like I'm doing my part. I'm doing what I have to do, you know? And, and, uh, yeah, I can't fix the only thing I can do is, I guess, I mean, if we're going to get political for a second, the only thing I can do is vote and then see where that goes. And if mm-hmm. that means anything, but other than that, I can't like, Go up to the White House and do all my snappy fucking comebacks at fucking president <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah, what about this? You know, like, I can't do that. That's not a reality of my life, you know, right. but I sit here and think, man, 
I cannot go to a group of wild ass fucking right wing protesters somewhere and be like, listen, guys, you gotta listen to me. They're gonna be like, hit the road, soy boy. And, you know, <laughs> nobody, <laughs> those motherfuckers don't wanna hear what I have to say. And that's, I don't really wanna hear what they have to say either, though. So I guess mm-hmm. that's just a disconnect. And that, that's unfortunate because. I really try my hardest to be open. I'm kind of meandering off the path here, but I guess what I'm saying is like, what did we learn early? We learned surrender and Mm -hmm. we learned powerlessness, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and I know people have issues with powerlessness and I know a lot of people have issues with surrender and uh, I got to really apply that right now. It's like letting, I got to let go of these things. Just like if, and I, I guess I'll make a direct call to people that are listening to the podcast. If you're listening to this podcast and you're like, yo, I can't wear a mask because it's my right like if you're in recovery you should know like surrender is a good part because you're doing something good for yourself and the people around you just like you had Mm -hmm. to surrender alcohol sometimes you have to surrender your idea of what you think your rights are what you and that's a really weird slippery soap i'm kind of walking down right now but you just kind of have to surrender your idea of what your power is Mm -hmm. because sometimes you have to take your medicine to make sure that you're okay and everybody else around you is okay and if that means wearing a goofy ass mask then wear that fucking silly ass mask jesus christ it's not like we're asking you to put on some ridiculous rollerblades and a watermelon helmet god damn i think i've seen that picture is that the guy the guy in the underwear with like the house on fire behind him and he's got rollerblades and a watermelon helmet yeah yeah that's my fucking higher power right there dude yeah i always look at it like you know, it's one thing to go, well, God's <laughs> going to take care of me, so I don't need to worry about stuff. But it's more like, oh, right. God is giving me these things. He's putting these things, or she, or they, or whatever, putting these things in my life, like masks, so that I can go to the store. And, mm-hmm. man, it, I don't know. It ain't it ain't no sweat. I know a friend of mine who's really not, he's not buying it, but he's like, I keep the peace. I don't, I can go. I was like, dude, yeah, you can go into a store for 15 minutes. There ain't no CO2 business. I mean, I was in healthcare for five years and I wore a mask every single right. day. Right. <clears throat> right. For five years. Right. Just, you don't like it, that's fine. Go. It sucks. If you got to be on public, wear it. As soon as you get out of the store, tear the thing off and yell, fuck you, and go in your car and cry or whatever and listen uh-huh. to fucking whatever, System of a Down or whatever. I like System of a Down, actually. But you can dig what I'm saying. God's just, just fucking do it for that short period of time. You're not going to mm. die in 15 minutes from wearing a mask. Yeah. Unless you have like hardcore COPD. And if you have hardcore COPD, you should be having some other motherfucker do your shopping for you. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of meandered off the. That's okay. There, but I guess but, the idea is more like surrender and acceptance yes. and powerlessness. We are powerless over this virus. Mm-hmm. That's we it. cannot control this virus. The only way we can control it is by controlling ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think also that we are part of a larger. <laughs> ding, ding, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that we're also part of a larger group, right? So when you when yes. you talk about being part of the group, and you know, in when when we go to AA, and I know meetings and handholding and stuff like that hasn't really happened for a lot of folks, and um, but it's not about what it's not about what I can take. It's it's about what I can what I can bring, and if I just if I focus yeah. on what I can bring, I end up getting a lot more. So. Mm-hmm. If I can bring kindness, if I can bring compassion, if I can bring listening, if I can bring willness, uh, willingness, then I can, then I receive a lot more. I'm open to receive things. And I, 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 I feel like there's in early sobriety, there's this like, you know, we're closed off, right? We're just like angry and frustrated and resentful. And there's zero yeah. hope because like everything is there's the part of us that we we have known for most of our lives is dying, is dead. Yes, yeah. yeah. We went through this death, right? I went through this mm-hmm. death and I saw myself dying right in front of my eyes in many ways where I was like, I don't want to be this person anymore. And also, I'm too afraid to be this new person, right? And right. so it's like, I'm mm-hmm. watching myself die, but I have to kill this part of me so that I can move on and, you know, phoenix and ashes and rebirth and all that stuff. But... Right. <laughs> um I really feel like, especially now, being hopeful, you know, it's like, uh, you remember, you, you've seen the Shawshank Redemption. And, yes, um, a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> me too. And uh, Red says to, uh, to Andy, he says, hope is a dangerous thing. And Andy looks at him and says, hope is the only thing. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> 
you know, there's a lot of weird, uh, deep, like Christian undertones to that movie. Uh, right. but it's a beautiful movie and I love a lot. I mean, it's one of my favorites of all time. And, and I really believe that to be true. And I was like, hope is my religion. And I was like, well, what is a religion? Am I being blinded by something? Am I being unrealistic? Right. Am I, am I missing something? Um, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm, I try to look and see, but I always get, get all fucking tangled up in like, like I said, gaslighting myself to make sure that I'm doing things right. Right. It's like, it's like almost right. you're checking your temperature by gaslighting yourself. Because I mm-hmm. do the same thing. I'm glad we're circling back to the gaslighting thing because I have – there have been numerous times where I've asked myself, am I just being too extreme? Like am I being super paranoid? Am I being high strung? You know, when the virus first went down and people first started getting sick, I was like, man, I this is fucking freaky. Like – we did mm-hmm. this big – I mean if you go back a few podcasts, we did this big Friday the 13th event and this was on March 13th. We had a whole shop full of people and this is right when the virus was hitting. And I remember just being concerned about it and being told by my coworkers like, you're too fucking high strung. You over-exaggerate. Like you're just over overwhelming, your, like overwhelming yourself. And sometimes now I think, man, am I being too high strung by not being out there in the world? Like I don't even go to the grocery store, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like – Mm-hmm. And I'm, I feel lucky that I have the privilege that I figured out that I can just have the good, good fucking frontline workers at Walmart put it in the back of my truck or, you know, or my car, you know, but right. th- my gaslighting is always me telling myself that I'm taking it too far. But at the end of the day, it's like, what is acceptable to me and comfortable to me and for my family, you know, like that's where I need to sit with it, you know, that's it. That's, that's it. Because that's what's, that's what's most important. And it wouldn't right. be. <clears throat> it wouldn't be helpful for me to point at you and be like, look, man, you're blowing this out of proportion. You need to fucking right. shake it off and you need to get out there. Right. And it's like, well, I don't feel comfortable getting out there because I feel uncertain. I don't, you know, I'm trying to do my best. And I believe that you're trying to do your best, right? So, so that's it. And I think we're both trying to do our best, you know? Yeah. That's all I can do. I mean, other than... Mm-hmm. I don't know, other than just mm-hmm. going out there and being active, but even politically active at this point, like I just, I'm not comfortable getting into a large crowd of people. You know, I just can't do mm-hmm. that yet. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I saw Hamilton. Let's oh, uh, Disney Plus? Hamilton yet? Let's see. No. Oh, I mean, I kind of, I found it other ways, but yeah. <laughs> yes. How was it? I fucking loved it so much, but was so conflicted the entire time because it felt weird to watch, John, because I loved it. I thought Lin-Manuel is a great fucking writer. The whole time I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, this dude was a slam poet because everything is written the way a fucking slam poet would write this shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, all all the musicians are great. They did rap like perfectly. Like every time you see any um, expression of rap out there in, in the world, it's done in that manner. It's always hella corny. And mm-hmm. it was great. Like all those dudes had bars. They all could rap. But it was really weird. This weird disconnect of being like all those dudes were fucking slave owners. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Thomas Jefferson comes out and they kind of portray it because this is like Obama's America. Like back then, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of that left wing kind of uh, idealism we had before checking ourselves on shit sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and uh Yo, dude, they had Thomas Jefferson come out. He was like the coolest fucking dude. Super cool. Kind of a dick, but like a cool rakish dude, you know? And the whole time I'm like, that guy was a fucking monster, though. Like, that, he was not a good mm-hmm. dude, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at him. So it was, I don't know. I don't know how I sucked into Hamilton, but I watched it and I loved it. <laughs> My favorite part was the fucking King George. So I would suggest if you find a way to watch it, watch it. I know, I mean, I don't fuck with Disney Plus just because I don't like Star Wars and the Marvel movies are a good distraction, but I'm not so committed that I'm going to pay every month to watch fucking Iron Man over and over again, you know, especially when I can find it other ways. But, but if that's what gets you, you know. through those early days of recovery, please Disney plus Yo, it up. Dude, you know what? Disney plus it up. This is just, these are just my opinions right, and my right. tastes. Yeah. And I know people get upset and they're like, how dare you not like star Wars? And I'm like, yo dude, if you told me you didn't like squid, I wouldn't fucking write you an angry email. So chill dude. Yeah. You know, like it's just all, um, 
opinions, I guess. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Hamilton was good. You should do it. Okay. If you like musicals, I don't know. It's very interesting, John. It's a huge – watching Hamilton in 2020, which was performed like in 2016 or – no, it was 2013. I don't remember when they did it. Mm-hmm. But it's from a performance during the Obama presidency and the way we looked at culture then and the way we look at culture now is so different. Just mm-hmm. in a few short years, man. You know. I, I think that – um. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I'll check it out. I'm I'm open yeah. to that. I think that there's definitely we are less or we are we seem as a culture to be more concerned with behaviors of the past and um and not just saying, Oh well, this happened and he was a slave owner, you know, when the fact is that these people were <sighs> I don't want to. I, I, it just needs to be a little asterisk next asterisk, to it. You know yes. what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It's like the asterisk needs to be there. We, I can't discount all the the things that the founding fathers did to start the country. We can't discount that. We wouldn't be living in this country. But part right. of this country is also disagreeing with tradition and looking yes. at the traditions that are there and being like, wait, there's something wrong with that. That needs to be fixed or that needs to be revised. That's why the Constitution has fucking amendments on it, dude. And so I'll bring it back Shit, to... they're I, like, wait a sec. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway. I'll, I'll, so yeah. I'll bring it back to recovery in that I think that a lot of the programs and the programs that we work, they work. I see a lot of places where things can evolve and change and need to. Yes. And I see that mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, don't... We, we overlook a lot of things, right? And go, yeah, well, it, it does mostly good, so let's not fuck with it. And it's like, I think amendments are good. And, and re, going back and rehashing our own histories just personally as human beings and, um, and trying to look back as to what are the things that cause these illnesses within us, mentally, physically, whatever. And if we can change those and fix those things, like I had, um, I'll give you an example. I was told by my therapist to write a letter to my father, who's been dead for nine years. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I sat outside last night. The sun was going down. You know, the nectarine trees are there, and it's very just it's, eating <laughs> basically, in each hand, yeah, just kind of like yeah. fucking jungle booking it out there with all the fruit off the trees. Basically, and so I wrote this thing, and it like, and then she had me read it to her this morning. And um, it was heavy, dude. It was like, oh, wow. I bet it was heavy, man. right? You know, and yeah, so absolutely, and so these things are are just memories I have, and not not just, but they're memories and they're feelings. And one of the things, so she said, and this bringing this around to hope, um, she said to me in the letter, I kept writing about how I wish that I could tell him or show him the pain that he caused me or you know the loss and the grief that I deal with because of him and that I want him to understand and what she said was <clears throat> he's never going to understand again that 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 option is gone and you have to yeah you have to get rid of that particular hope for you to move on yeah because I keep hoping that my dad will yeah. listen to me, that that I can I can make him understand me, and the fact is he doesn't exist anywhere yeah. except inside my head. He's never going to talk yeah. back to me. He's never going to feel these things that I have to say. So I have to get rid of that hope, because that's mm-hmm. what's holding me back from moving forward on all of the other things that I want to do, or I want to feel, or I want to be better about. And so. I think it really is a constant amendment of our own histories, our own declarations of independence from alcohol. Is that tying it? Is that a little too on the... That's a good little... No, that's a good (laughs) bowline right there. That's um, a great knot. Do you know what I mean? We have to... But you're absolutely spitting fucking bars. Go ahead. Keep going. You're absolutely right, though. So I just think that... um, I think that it's important, and, and for me, the thing that was really helpful was not only writing it and then reading it to somebody else. And where have we heard this? Where is this? Where have we learned this valuable skill? Right. <clears throat> From the program. In the, in the so, stinky old rooms, dude. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be this... It can work for anything. Just write it down and read it out loud to somebody else, whatever the issue is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Are you eating too much chocolate mm-hmm. cake? You know, are you are you and like, dear Megan, you made cake. It was delicious. You fucking asshole mm-hmm. for making so, cake. 
<clears throat> so thank you for the cake. I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. Yes. And so there's, there is, um, so that was something that was an epiphany to me is like, Oh, I have all this hope for the future of even just for my day, but there are certain hopes that are, that are dangerous to hang on to. There are certain hopes that are, are, are not dangerous, but they're holding me back. So I guess they're detrimental to my, to my yeah, progress. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and the reason why this is resonating with me so much is this, it's this, this breakthrough in a sense that they, this therapist tells you the only place your father lives is in your head, right? Mm-hmm. So it can apply to a lot of things that happen in our life where the only place these things live are in our heads. It's Mm -hmm. not our reality. It's a distorted version of reality. It's how we process the information and then disseminate it and break it all down in our own heads and go, oh, this is how it is. When that is absolutely not how it is, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's just this idea. And I understand in the sense where where, where your therapist meant that, you know, your father no longer exists with us, you Mm -hmm. know, so these, these feelings you have are only occurring in here, but and I'm trying to apply it to things that do currently exist with us, but at the same point, it, it's very relevant, you know, and it, I think it works out really well in recovery because you have these ideas of how things are supposed to work. And then after a while, you start realizing that that's not how they work, you know, mm-hmm. but but you have all these conceptions you raised with and you you make for your own and you own and then all of a sudden you realize like, oh shit, like this is, the way I'm doing things is not just dysfunctional, it's just it doesn't support my life in any way, in any mm-hmm. positive way, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's another reason why I fucking got sober, man. That's another reason why, because it just, these things I'd learned growing up, I, I just had this revelation that they just weren't, they weren't feasible, man. They were just unmanageable, of course, using the language mm-hmm. of the program. You know? Yeah. They, it just, it just came to a point where I, I was unable to, function right even on it i probably hadn't been functioning optimally for a very long time i know that for it'd a, been a minute it'd been a minute yeah <laughs> but, but but even to me had, but you had gaslit yourself and deluded yourself into thinking that this was the only way it had to be you know mm-hmm. that was the only way it had to be because mm-hmm. even within our recovery we can be flexible now with the way things have to be and the way things don't have to be right because mm-hmm. you've overcome one big hump in your life you've overcome this challenge that seemed unsurmountable and now you realize wow i am capable of doing shit now you know i can actually Mm -hmm. do this if i put my mind to most of it i can do it there's some things we just can't they're not physically possible you know but Mm -hmm. like the fact that you and i run and we sit here and talk about running or working out or the fact that i worked out for an hour today and lifted weights for an hour like that was physically impossible to me at one point in my life but Mm -hmm. i've sat down and thought oh shit if i can live this long without doing the one thing I depended on for every single thing in my life, maybe I can do this new thing, you know? Dude, I'm telling you. And I, I, I don't now know. Now you're going to be making me run to all the slow songs, man. <laughs> I think, well, I mean, if you just, just take it past five miles on six, seven and eight, you're going to want to run pretty slow. You know what I mean? Like, right. And, and the thing that I do is I, I make myself go all the way the fuck out there, wherever, wherever out there is, that I have so to run stuck. that back. I'm stuck. <laughs> and the only way back is to go the other fucking five miles or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, yesterday was almost nine and a half, right? And so it was Damn. like, I just got out there and it was just me on this lonely ass. Well, it wasn't that lonely. It was pretty busy, but it's just me on this country highway in the bike lane, you know, like in the opposite direction. There's nowhere else to go except to the next fucking street. And so. Right. That's part of why. So I could have just stayed home and I could have just dragged my feet and I could have just gone around the neighborhood and that would have been fine. Right. Right. And so we, you know, and the metaphor is there, too. We put ourselves out there and we have to push ourselves into genuinely like I need to find out what the fuck is going on inside me, whether that means nine miles, whether that means writing to my dead father, whether that means looking at my relationship with food or my girlfriend or sex or friendships or what else am I missing? There's something else probably, you know, my relationship with alcohol still to this day, you know, I had a funny Mm -hmm. thing and I wanted to share this and maybe this is, maybe you you don't, maybe you don't, you don't feel this way, but 
So I was in the store. I go to the little market, like the little uh, the little fruit stand by my house, and I was mm-hmm. out of olive oil. And I kind of, you know, I was reaching for bottles of olive oil, and I was like, "What's rice bran oil?" I was like, "Or bran rice, or rice bran, or something." And I picked mm-hmm. it up, and the bottle felt like a Scotch bottle or something, or like a whiskey bottle. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Yeah, that's yeah. the one for me. I'll take that one home." I had it just the way it was kind of had those square sh- it had square shoulders it wasn't just long mm-hmm. and and slim like a limoncello bottle but i right. <laughs> but i had this feeling of like yeah that's 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 the bottle for me and it was just this weird sort of i don't know what it is i just felt was it comfort for a second yeah like, yeah, yeah it was comfort reassuring like being reassured yeah i mm-hmm. felt that felt its heft and felt mm-hmm. the grip of of specific things yeah, my bo- my wife will buy a bottle of vodka every f- six weeks, mm-hmm. and and sometimes when I'm putting stuff in the freezer, she keeps it in the freezer. I have to move it, like I pick it up and move it, and I feel it's familiar heft in my hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know. It almost feels like a choose your weapon in your video game. Like I'm just like choose your weapon, Wagner. I guess that that's not a really good metaphor because you're not <laughs> touching the video game, but that's how it feels sometimes. Like yeah. it feels comfortable. Like, it feels like I know it. Less comfortable, mm-hmm. more like I know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. I had one of these, uh, not a similar moment, but I had a moment where I was washing dishes yesterday and I moved a, a pan and the handle of it tipped a wine glass my wife was using like the day before last or something. And it's a really thin, really mm-hmm. big, you know, white wine glass with the big bowl on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's like paper thin and it was tipping over and I grabbed it really quick and I went, fuck, you know, cause I was scared it was going to break. And then I looked at her and I'm like, why, why is it the glass you're using to get drunk is so paper thin? It's like a fucking dragonfly's wing. And Megan's <laughs> like, I'm not getting drunk, Jerry. Like I'm not <laughs> using that glass to get drunk. And it, it's like, once again, in my conception of what it was, you know, she's like, I get what you're saying, though. Why would the thing that impairs you, you know, you used to impair you be in such a thin bottle, you know? But she's like, I'm not getting drunk. Like, I don't use it to get drunk. Like, she literally will drink, like, the glass. You know, we've already talked mm-hmm. about this. You have the glass of wine. Or, like, last night it was, like, lemonade with a tiny bit. Like, dude, not even a full shot of vodka in it. It was, like, this little tiny 10-year-old amount of, like, for a 10-year-old. Like, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so it's we just we that's your initial reactions. What are you using this shit to get drunk for? Use a fucking plastic tumbler. Like, but yeah, dude, put it in a fucking mayonnaise jar and let's get this fucking party revved up. Like, if you drop a mayonnaise jar, it won't break. Mm-hmm. What's there this tiny dragonfly? This shit is made out of wishes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's it, and that's that's it's our preconceived notion of things. You know? Mm-hmm. That's our mm-hmm. perspective, and that's our, and again. I think in that moment, you know, you're going, it's like this panic moment of like, I'm going to shatter this glass and this, so I'm looking for something to be annoyed at or to be frustrated right. at or to, to yeah, blame. Yeah, because it scared me, yeah. Right, you know. Oh, and but, I broke the other glass by accident washing dishes like three months ago, right at the start of quarantine. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I think, too, a lot about like the hope and the resentments and like, you know, having this sort of, breakthrough with like writing stuff to my dad and why I I've known this for like a year and I haven't done it and she said you should keep doing it and I put it off and I put it off and every single day not every single day but I would think about it and then I would put it off and I would think about it and I would put it off and and it's like oh what a relief like what have I been waiting for and you know I think we also oftentimes in recovery talk about like I just wasn't ready yet for whatever reason I wasn't interested I wasn't ready I was you know, closed off to that idea that I could talk about this stuff. I could write it down. I could feel it because it doesn't feel great. Like I don't feel there's not like this light, airy feeling about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's right. writing down mm-hmm. a bunch of dark emotions and memories. And, you know, yeah. so so this is part of the process. This is it takes fucking time. Um, I, I had, uh, somebody call me today and I'll, this is a, this, this is a really good thing. And so I had somebody call me today or text me and it's somebody that I used to know and he and his wife used to drink at the bar that I used to work at. I Mm -hmm. bartended their wedding. 
Um, I have known them peripherally and we've texted back and forth and kind of people in the, in the neighborhood or in the, you know, in the town. And, um, I think I reached out when I was looking for work and, but he said to me, so my wife and I are so sober one week. And I was like, that's great, man. That's amazing. That's awesome. Like, you know, what's going on? And, and, um, he, he just wanted to reach out. He says, I'm following you on social media and, you've been doing so great. And I just wanted to get some pointers and some tips. And so I said, let's have a talk. And this was this morning. And so we talked and he was just telling me why, what was going on and, and the severity of things for, you know, his wife and for him. And, uh, it was really, I felt really good to be able in a place to say, yeah, just give me a call, you know? Yeah. And to say, sure. Like, okay, well, and wanting to be super careful because I know that we've talked about not wanting to feel responsible for somebody else's relapses, but also right. that's why when I talked about it, said, okay, this is what I did. If you want, I can give you any number of books and literature and fucking podcasts and here's all the resources you do what you want with it. And so the it was just, it was real... Um, it was just really awesome to be able to be in that position. And I don't think that it doesn't come along very often and that's fine, you know, but there's been so many people that have like, there's been several people who have reached out and said, wow, Hey, I I need some help or Hey, what did you do? And, and Mm -hmm. that's, that's a pretty hopeful thing. And that's, that is evidence that, that, that I have changed. And that is evidence that I am, um, a much better person than I was. And that is evidence that what I have is valuable. Right. You know? So that's that's your hope. That's part of your hope. That's Do you know part, what I mean? That just mm-hmm. fuels the hope. Man, mm-hmm. we're going to have to find like a C word that denotes hope. <laughs> to, right. to, to name this pod, you know, to, to name <clears throat> this episode. But yeah, I was trying to think of a highway to heaven one, but that doesn't work. Cake is a lie. Cake is a lie. <laughs> Let's hope the cake is real this time. But those so, those are the things that those are you're helping, right? They always say like even when I get down with it, my dad and my my sisters actually, my sisters and my dad are always like, you need to help other people. And I'm like, man, y'all are fucking crazy. But they're absolutely right. They're absolutely right. Helping helps you. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah, I, I remember going to meetings and they would be like, today's subject is service. And in early recovery, I was like, man, I got to listen to these guys talk about fucking washing windows or whatever the fuck they're doing for free. H&I you know, like, yeah. And like, I don't want to do any of that shit, you know. And now as I get older, I realize like those rare moments when I do get to help are they're really fulfilling, man. I feel better about myself, you know. And yeah. You I'm heard it here the, first. The, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I'm just Jerry's glad ready. a more approachable one in the podcast. Jerry's ready. I'm very, I'm um, unapproachable, man. It's, yeah. just, I don't, well, it's just how I am. I know. You're, but then I'm always happy to help. People hit me up and I say, yeah. here's what worked for me. Here's what I can do for you. I'm not going to get too close. You're not going to be hand-holding friends or anything. But like, here's what worked for me. I care about you as a person because you it took fucking guts to reach out to someone that you don't really know mm-hmm. and ask for help. That takes a lot, man. That's really fucking hard. I still hate asking for help, dude. Mm-hmm. I still – and I do it, but I hate it. And then once mm-hmm. they help me, I'm like, wow, that was really nice of you. And they always walk away being like, wow, I'm glad I helped made me feel better you know it was just it was just evidence that that things were going in the right direction you know and that was something that i that i that that's empirical um objective evidence i didn't i didn't go looking for it i didn't go asking for it i didn't you know and and they were they were open to it and said "Yeah, yeah sure let's plan to go to this social distance meeting out in the park next week you know like let's go do it and if it works for you and that's what i said too man like if it works for you it works for you if it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. you know i can't imagine not having that program for me but just right. for me right mm-hmm. right and my right. same here you know and i i i accredit the that and and the structure i accredit my need for it from my 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 drunken desire, my my self will run riot about chaos and destruction 
and just living life like I thought it was free, right? Just a fucking leaf right. in the wind, man. I'm just going to blow <laughs> blow from bar to bar and just, you know. Right. And <clears throat> needing that structure. And not everybody needs that structure and not everybody is at a point of self-hating, hate, self-destructing, self-denial, whatever, right? So sometimes you're just like, man, I need to get fucking healthy or, man, this yeah. is not working anymore. It doesn't have to be in the fucking bottom of the pit. It really right. doesn't. Mm-hmm. You don't have to find yourself in the gutter, as they say, as the thing says. No, uh, no. All you could do is just want to make a change. Mm-hmm. Unmanageable doesn't mean fucking destitute. And you know what I'm saying? Unmanageable mm-hmm. just means unmanageable. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't need to have a traumatic experience to want to get sober. You know what I mean? Although you do probably need a couple of traumatic experiences to get drunk all the time. So, you know. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> that helps. You don't need those either. But I was to say it doesn't need to be. I love this point. that I, I really want to push on that point is that I'm, I'm my cord. I, I um, really believe that you don't need your world to end for you to want to stop. Mm-hmm. You just, you just got to want to say this is not working and stop. Not just uh, it's not as simple as that. Well, it is kind of simple as that, but there are there. It's I not mean, easy. There's layers to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's well, not and easy. It, and it's it's just funny because yeah, it's not easy when when somebody says, "Hey, I want to pick your brain about getting sober," and you know, my first reaction is like, "Okay, so here's the deal. It's not easy." For me, there was a huge spiritual void that was left in my heart and in my soul from the decades of abuse and neglect and alcoholism and blah 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 and so i had to find a way to let god into my heart and that sounds fucking ridiculous right Right, because they're like we just want to do fucking sober october (laughs) jesus christ john and even for me to say that out loud on a podcast i just need to let god into my heart it's like that's creepy right really i'm creeped out by it i know i understand it i I understand it though but it's hard to say out loud it's 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 yeah, it's a weird thing to throw on people. That's a lot of weight, right? So I didn't say that. A lot that. of weight. I'm glad you didn't. You just got to be like, yo, okay, cool. Here's what I did. And, and then, said, once, then once you get them pulled in, then you just fucking rub the God all over their faces. Like, oh, you're going to find Jesus Christ. I told him too. God. See, he said something. <laughs> he brought up Jesus. And I said, because what I said was, you know, I think one of the things that the that – AA gets is a bad rap over God and all that stuff and and I haven't found that and he said oh well I'm cool with Jesus man I was raised this that and the other and I said mm-hmm. well honestly I haven't seen Jesus in any of these meetings and I've been yeah, going same for five here. years yeah. the maybe whole he's Jesus sitting thing in the back <laughs> I'd love to clarify that yeah exactly <laughs> sitting in the back I have know a couple of chewies but uh <laughs> yeah that whole Jesus thing was a joke on my end I'm not mm-hmm. a big Jesus believer but necessarily myself not to exclude anyone i'm just want to make that mm-hmm. clear about what i'm saying right i don't want anybody hearing this podcast for the first time being like oh man those dudes brought up jesus 47 minutes into it <laughs> shitting on jesus and it's like uh, yeah i'm just everybody can believe what they want to believe right. just it just whatever gets you through the fucking day if right. it's jesus or if it's my my case a weird bear thing that's mm-hmm. turned into other things this turned into a guy in high heels with a rocket launcher i don't know <laughs> but yeah so it's but it's that you know that thing that in whatever that thing is that you and i came to where when i say something like i need to find a way to let god into my heart and it creeps me out and it creeps you out and you're like ah, oh, yeah you know ugh. but but that's that's the fucking the long and short of it and eh, you can use whatever word you want i don't care yeah yeah. I don't care. Um, yeah. but You can use astrology. You can sit there with fucking Pokemon cards. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Pokemon got me sober. I don't know, man. I... Pokemon got me sober. Squirtle uh-huh. got well... me off the sauce, dude. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. I really, I, I, I really genuinely matter. believe yeah. that. And I I stand by that. And I don't... I think that it's it's been helpful to me to be open and to be willing to... I know what works for me and yeah. but I'm also not unwilling to hear what works for other people. 
Well, you and I work two completely different programs, and we still yes. meet up once a week and mm-hmm. shoot the shit. I, my program is very different from your program, but yes. also a lot the same. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's you know what I I would say our programs are like in the canine family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like yours is like this certain type of animal, like a wolf or whatever, and mine's like my fucking dog. You a know, fox. I mean, they're in yeah. the same family, but they're built a fox exactly or. What is it? Hyenas. Like yours is a wolf and mine's a hyena. You know, they're both in the canine family, but they're very different animals, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't write things down and I don't, I'm not as actively, I don't know. You have a very, you're very active in your spirituality, which I admire and I'm not as, but then again, every week I'm like, man, fucking hopeless. So maybe I should be. Fucking write it down, <laughs> Jerry. Come on. Write it down, right? But I, I, think- I, mean, I have my spirituality and I have my moments of meditation and thoughtfulness and mindfulness. We just do yeah. it different ways. Yeah. Everybody, sure. we all do it different ways. Sure. Just like we all drank different, dude. Sure. You know? I think you should write it down. Make your own, do your own slam poet musical about fucking COVID-19 and alcoholism and the president, you know, like just this crazy white supremacist ideology and all that crazy Uh shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I, 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 the world's going to make people want to drink. And this is another thing this uh, person was telling me was, Hey, all the shit, man, I felt myself slipping and you see it. And I saw it in other people and you know, we're all just sitting around the house and fucking drinking and drinking and drinking and happy hour comes earlier every single day. Mm-hmm. And um, whatever little glimpse of self, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, self-reflection or uh, right. self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge that's a huge step to go. Whoa, something not, something's not right here. Because oh yeah, I used to love like I would wake up in our in our younger days in the early and mid twenties. I would wake up at like eight a.m. on a Sunday. And feel kind of woozy and hungover and still drunk from the night before. And I was like, oh, man, I don't have to work today. I think I'm just going to crack a Budweiser right now. And it would be 8 in the morning. And I saw nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing. It was like, I was like, what a treat. I'm just going to drink beer all morning. I'm all in today. I'm cashing in all my winnings. (laughs) Like, sir, here's your $2. Yeah. Oh. Here's your two dollars. Yeah, you're all in. You just cash it all in. Yeah, it, it, it is very easy right now to want to drink. I've not felt like I've wanted to drink, but I've definitely felt like I've wanted to drink in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Like I've looked mm-hmm. at Megan and been like, "This has been." I have a lot of these conversations with my wife. She's my other podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. Except we don't record. But I've been like, "Man, this I like this shit is enough to drive a motherfucker to drink right now." Like this feeling of hopelessness and powerlessness and shit. And I gotta check myself because everything is fucking wild. Regardless of what your political ideology is, no one's happy, and so everybody yeah. feels like. And it's very easy to drink. Yeah. It's very easy, and you just gotta find some some fucking pinpoint, man. You gotta find that one pinpoint of reason not to. That one reason that it's not mm-hmm. feasible, you know. But and, but yeah. And another thing I, I was thinking about, um, you talk about that one reason, and I think that it can be okay for it to start from something external. It doesn't now. Now I think for me, my sustained sobriety and recovery. The reason has to be for me and me alone. It can't be for right. my girlfriend or for you or for the for You're the podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's something that I told. I was telling. That being said, I was telling my therapist. I said, you know, I waited until last night to sit down and write about my dad because I knew it was kind of like my homework was due the next morning, and I waited mm-hmm. till the last minute. And I right. said, sometimes I need these external things to hold me accountable. So I think I think there's a little bit of a difference. I mean, it's important to be held accountable for the same reason I make videos about me doing push-ups in front of the paint store <laughs> every single day. Right. Mm-hmm. Is because This is that same paint store. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, it going. is. That's but there's the perfect it's the perfect angle. There's sign outside. I just put my phone up and it's it's perfect, right? The That's people why people that work there every day are like, "Oh shit, he's back again." And then you're just like, "Ha ha 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 and then take off running. Basically, pick up your phone and take off running. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Go so, ahead with your point though. It's so fucking funny. So and and so no. so I think that there's there's a fine line between I'm going to get sober for someone else 
which is a fine place to start. I yeah. don't think that it. I don't think that it could have sustained itself if that was my only, um, my only reason. That's I a great do point. think, yeah. especially in early sobriety, it's important to have someone to hold you accountable. And I think for me, that was you and my other friend John, and um, I think you guys were the only ones. Uh, and so that was that was it. And so that's what got yeah. me through the first couple, two, three months before I started to really actually start caring about myself again, which sounds right. heavy, but it's true. It's true. We just don't yeah. fucking care. There you go. There's a C. We'll call it care about yourself. Yeah, um, care about yourself out there. I like that one. There you go. Um, but uh, that's a great point. It's an absolutely great point. It's an absolutely great point. Because when I first got sober, I didn't get sober for me. I got sober because I didn't want my wife to leave me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm doing this for you. And then after a while, like you said, after a few months, I'm like, wow, this actually feels kind of good. And like, I kind of starting to give a shit about myself a little bit. So maybe this is for me, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. 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 And, and, and it's, so I think that there's, I think that, there is hope for everyone. Yes. And yes, I is. think if I am genuine in my recovery and the things that I have learned and the way that I want to see the world, if I am angry at someone or if I don't like what they do, regardless of how big or powerful or how detrimental they are to my life, to the country, to the world, if I have, if I'm harboring a resentment, then I have to look inward at that resentment and figure that shit out because, and this is going to sound really fucking corny, Jerry, <laughs> but for the, for me to stay recovered and sober and grounded, I have to look at that person that I have resentments for and show forgiveness and love and light <laughs> and you know positivity and hope that they too can change yeah ugh damn it's alright you've been out there hugging all these fucking weirdos and shit you're absolutely right though and I try to humanize those people that I feel resentments towards and actually through my recovery and through my sobriety it's a lot easier to do and it, it is comes kind of natural I may not be at the extent you are where I'm like right. you know out there holding hands with the, you know, the fucking mega guy. But like, I do understand where he's coming from, Mm -hmm. which, and I get it now. Like it's human to me. I'm like, Oh, this, this is what fuels you as a person. I understand. Like you feel Mm -hmm. like whatever it is, like nobody's listening to you or you feel like the way things were and the thing, way that you were comfortable with things are changing now. And you don't like that, you know, or whatever it is. I get it. There's a human aspect to all of it. And even if that human aspect is like, I just like pe- making people feel like shit. There's something under that, you mm-hmm. know. Even if, even if it's trolling for the sake of the fucking lols, mm-hmm. there's something under them lols, dude. There's something <laughs> under that trolling, dude. There's mm-hmm. something deep in there that fuels that shit. And I get that as a fellow human being. I mean, we all got that, you know. And things are going to change regardless, and we're not going to like all the changes. And no. that's that's a fact of life, it's and that's a fact of recovery, life. right? And I, you can never go back. You can once you've passed it, you can never go back to it. You have to make something new out of what it was. You know what I mean? You got to make a new thing out of what you wanted. You can never go back. So the idea of you know, I mean, we're gonna probably close this out politically, but mm-hmm. the idea of making America great again doesn't work because you can never go back to the way it was. That already happened. That's done. You can't make it great again. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We can't go back to the fifties. The fifties are done. That's just not even a memory. Like, well, and I think that that and and to put it in a personal perspective, right? As let's far do as that. as far as um, as far as change, we find I find it sometimes that I will compartmentalize my recovery, and be beautiful and pristine and perfect and all of those things, mm-hmm. and forget the and practice these principles in all my affairs. Boom. Right? And so yeah. when I begin to, when I set my gaze on things outside of my recovery, and right. if I look look at them through the lens of the things that I learned that saved my fucking life, right. I begin to see things a little bit better, a little bit clearer, and I feel better. 
And then I'm able to be more active and more interested and more engaged and fucking help myself and other people. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Thanks for tethering me in there with your mind crystals. You got it, dude. Uh, You should check out hippie. Check out my op-ed on my Instagram feed. Um, I'm kidding. I don't have one, but check out John's new blog. It's just you in like the grossest hemp pajama bottoms. Just Uh fucking namaste. Namaste. I'm a a nasty man. So remember when you were it was your birthday mm-hmm. and you told me you were taking a lot of baths you're in seattle and yes. i was like how you been you're like i've been doing a lot of baths and i gave you the enya cd and the uh-huh. bath salts and yes. then i wrote namaste and you're all what the fuck does namaste mean and it was, i just <laughs> yeah that's right namaste what the fuck does namaste mean now i'm anyway. all about i go out into the woods and fucking do my my kicking crane or whatever it is. I got my couple. Sail away, sail away, all of sail it. away. I wish I, I wish I had a bathtub big enough. I would get back into the baths. My bathtub is too small as well. Yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. a hot tub though, man. That's true. It's just, it's not mine and it hasn't been fired up in a while and I don't know how to do the chemicals, but um, oh, maybe. Oh yeah, you're right. Maybe yeah. I, I, I you're like, it's not it. mine. Yeah. It's not mine. It's a one person hot tub and it's not mine. Oh, and it's so, only one person? You could probably squeeze two people in there, but. I don't know. Maybe I should say I don't know. I'm 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 a little nervous about it. I want a hot tub. I've always wanted one. <laughs> well, you know, set your mind to it. You can have anything. That's my goal. That's my sobriety goal there for 2021. Go. <laughs> is don't die, get a hot tub. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Jerry. All right, man. Take Good care talk. of yourself. Yeah, you too, man. Good talk. <clears throat> Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.